Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, one out of two ain't bad. So what had happened was it's a busy week. SP3's got a lot going on. I've got a lot going on. I'm traveling to Nashville tomorrow because it's SummerSlam weekend. That's why we're here. So we couldn't figure out a time where we were both available with our special guest here today. So Jeremy Bennett, pitch hitting. I still haven't gotten him in the intro. I need to work on that. But uh, regardless, I'll find time one of these days. We aren't alone. Really excited about our special guest here today, our special picker on our SummerSlam prediction show. You've seen his work on ESPN. He's got some really exciting things coming down uh, the pipe here that we can't talk about quite yet, but it is a pleasure to have Tim Fioravanti on the show today. Thank you so much, Tim. What's going on, good sir? Rick and Jeremy, it is a pleasure to be talking about wrestling again. Uh, you know, obviously, a few months ago, I left ESPN and haven't really had an outlet to talk about everything going on in the world of wrestling, and it is really exciting, uh, especially uh, at, at such an interesting and exciting kind of wild time uh, in the industry and and obviously leading up to one of the signature shows of the year as well so a whole lot yeah, going on your your timing is impeccable to leave the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> wrestling beat and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose the biggest stories of the year remember the simpler times when we were like oh man cody left aew for wwe man that's like the biggest story ever and that's no. like, yeah, that's like 15 major news stories ago. <laughs> it's oh. not even top five for 2022, probably at this point. <laughs> for the love of God. But uh, I wanted to get you on, man, because I saw your tweet. I knew you were uh, you were chomping at the bit to, to talk about things. And yeah, so let's kind of just start there because it is just an ever changing flow of WWE right now. Just a few days ago, we were thinking, okay, so Vince is out, but Bruce Pritchard is still in. And then all of a sudden, like, Triple H is now in charge. We're talking, there's rumors of a possible big uh, creative, like, shakeup that he wants to throw in there if it doesn't make sense, or if, as long as it makes sense. And now we got Seth Rollins' match that's been pulled from SummerSlam. It seems like every single day there is something cuckoo and crazy and gaga. Tim, the floor is yours, man. Like, uh, what's, what's, what are your thoughts right now in the world of pro wrestling? Wow. Uh, where to even begin? I, I guess uh, with Vince McMahon, uh, obviously lots has been said uh, over the last week or so, maybe a week plus since uh, Vince McMahon announced he was retiring. Uh, honestly, I don't know if it's 24 hours or, or three weeks at this point. My sense of time, especially when it comes to wrestling, is, is completely out of whack. Um, but I, I feel like there are so many uh consequences of what happened with Vince that we've even yet to see uh to your point I, I feel like we've only hit the tip of the iceberg obviously from an executive and creative position we started to get some insight into uh obviously Nick Khan and, and Stephanie as, as co-CEOs and uh Triple H as as coming back as creative but I, I feel like from everything we've seen even in the weeks leading up to Vince's departure I don't think Vince McMahon would have left willingly uh, unless he knew that something very, very serious was coming down the pipe. And, you know, maybe him stepping away changes things a little bit. And we're going to have to wait and see uh, when it comes to more information coming out from Wall Street Journal. Obviously, there's been lots of talk about uh, a feature that might or might not be coming up on, on Real Sports on HBO, uh, which, you know, historically has not had a lot of flattering things to say or, or do with uh, Vince McMahon and WWE. Um, the only but thing just, worse might be John Oliver if he who, if he did a bit on this. That might could, be the only thing that could be worse for Vince. Who could forget the XFL interview with Bob Costas? Uh, yeah, basically could have jumped over the table and and choked him out. Nobody would have been surprised. <laughs> uh, although it was it was interesting. I, I I was fortunate to go see the the thirty for thirty on the XFL and 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 Bob Costas was in attendance and it seemed like everything had at least been somewhat cooled over by that point. But that that's a matter for another time. I, I will say, uh, even from a day-to-day on-air content perspective, uh, obviously we've had uh, one version of SmackDown, one version of Raw since everything's happened. I don't think we've seen anything too dramatically different. I mean, little things you could pick out here and there. 
up until the moment, uh, as you mentioned at the top, uh, with Seth Rollins tweeting about how his match with Riddle was canceled. And you want to talk about injuries, legitimate or not. Uh, I think just before we started here, Triple H had a tweet. I think it's something simple. as like, I see you or I hear you or something to that extent. Uh, and we've kind of hit a moment in WWE where purposefully or not, the lines between what's happening on screen and off screen is kind of blurry. Uh, and historically, it, I feel like the opportunity uh, to do something big and bold and exciting uh, is something that WWE has, has leaned into pretty well. But uh, obviously, we're dealing with the first ever instance of them trying to do that without Vince McMahon at the helm. So, you know, obviously, lots of interesting things to come. Yeah, I can't, Jeremy, I can't imagine that they have pulled Seth Rollins from the SummerSlam card. Like, I mean, this oh. is this is Mr. SummerSlam for for crying out loud. Like, I don't know what that would how that would make any sense. And and Tim, the tweet you are referencing, it was it was direct spot on what you said. He retweeted Seth Rollins, who earlier said, I did everything I could over the last six months to earn my spot on this show, but some things are out of my control. Thank you as always for singing my song. They will hear you someday. Triple H retweeting that 13 minutes before we hit record on this saying, I hear you, exclamation point, which to me means he wanted to do something different other than Seth Rollins and Riddle. The injury to Riddle uh, is kayfabe, according yeah. to multiple different outlets at this point, Fightful and Wrestling Observer. Yeah. So now it kind of comes down to, all right, Triple H, there are the rumors he wants to do some kind of creative shock or shakeup or kind of stake his claim as long as it makes sense this weekend. Everybody immediately at least anybody who kind of read between the tea leaves here knows Triple H loves his NXT guys. They know Johnny Gargano is going to be in Nashville this weekend. I think that seems to be the major hope for everybody, Jeremy, is, all right, I don't care if it makes sense. Give me Rollins and Gargano on <laughs> a 20-minute banger, and I'm a happy guy. I think I tweeted that verbatim today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did too, but I have another idea. And uh, when you look at it, Triple H is going to shake things up. Brock Lesnar is probably out the door after SummerSlam. He's a Vince I would say McMahon at least guy. for a while, yeah. Yeah, at least for a while. So Brock's not going to definitely not win. We're going to have, I think we're going to have a rematch of WrestleMania 31 with the heist of the century. I think he's going to put Seth Rollins in the main event, and I think Seth Rollins is going to win because I think Brock Lesnar is not going to be around for a while or for good. Roman Reigns is already established as a part-timer now after signing the new deal. You don't see him every week. He'll yeah. probably be perfectly fine with taking time off. I think now is the time to pull the trigger, finally take the title off of Reigns, and who has been one of the most consistent performers in WWE today? It's Seth freaking Rollins. I think that's where we're going to go with it. I don't think it's going to be an NXT guy, though. It would be a great, a tremendous show stealer. But at the same time, I think Triple H saw the writing on the wall. The build to this match, I mean, this is supposed to be a match that probably could have stole the show between Riddle and Rollins, and the build to it has not been that great. And I think Triple H realized that and uh, said, hey, this is a good opportunity to possibly do something bigger at Clash of the Castle and make Rollins and Riddle for the title and then also add another month of build to it because it didn't really have that good of a build on it. Yeah, a lot of questions would surround that if he does decide to make that big of a, a bold change and put the title on on Rollins because you've already got Drew McIntyre who has staked his claim for Clash at the Castle as getting a world title shot. He's supposed to be fighting Sheamus on, on SmackDown uh, tonight. And for whatever reason, that match is not taking place on SummerSlam in Nashville when both McIntyre and Sheamus live in nashville uh so it's very weird that both of those guys are, are off the show lots of questions there tim you know would do you think triple h would make that big of a bold change especially one like that that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's not like rollins has been winning a ton of matches to just be thrown into the main event and how would that even make sense if it's a triple threat last man standing match uh i mean i think you're you're going a lot towards the blurring of the lines between uh what's happening on screen and, and what the people know or think they know uh there have been far more ridiculous uh additions subtractions stipulations added on the night of let alone in the week leading up to it uh i mean brock lesnar allegedly walked away and came back in the same night on Monday night raw so who the heck even knows what's going on there uh 
but if you're talking about uh, potential moves for Rollins, I, I feel like uh, he's one of those Triple H guys. Like, yeah. for better or worse, that era of NXT, like the, especially that original era of NXT, which was sort of uh, elevated to an extent by Rollins to where it was the foundation for everything that we saw after it. Um, so would I be like absolutely shocked if, if they went in that direction? No. Uh, the Gargano direction is another interesting move that you mentioned him being in Nashville and obviously it could be a busy week for him. Maybe second busiest man behind Jeff Jarrett that weekend. <laughs> um, you still have a SmackDown to build it up too on Friday. You could have something set up on SmackDown. To True. put Rollins in that position, still maybe he gives Champa a match. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just feel like if they're pulling Riddle and Rollins, he's got something up his sleeve, right? Yeah. Like he's got there's something there, and Rollins tweeting out that, and and Triple H tweeting out that. You said it perfectly, Tim. It's it's a blurring of the lines. What's real, we don't know. But I think that's the best thing when when WWE's good. That's that's what we're talking about here. We don't know what's real or not. That's what made AEW so exciting throughout that whole MJF saga. Is this yeah. a work? Is this a shoot? Who cares? I'm enjoying every second of it. So I we'll... just think it's I just think it's interesting that Seth Rollins doesn't have a dance partner and look what the main event is. It's a perfect way to set up a rematch that that happened, you know, 7 8 years ago. The, the one thing that I could see doing that that I think would make a little bit more sense than just kind of inserting Seth Rollins in there most of the build to, toward the main event has been, oh, well, Austin Theory is going to cash in on who it doesn't matter, Roman Reigns or, or Brock Lesnar. What if Roman Reigns and Brock beat the holy hell out of each other to where neither one of them can stand up? Theory runs down to the ring, cashes in while the match is going on. The referee counts to 10. He doesn't even do an offensive maneuver and wins the world championship because neither man can stand. And then we get Triple H who comes out and says, you know, sets up some kind of last minute match with with, with Seth Rollins and he wins. I could yeah. see something like that. Yeah, because I don't think uh, I don't think Theory's going to succeed with his cash in because he was, you know, Vince's if he guy. Does, though, it's going to be something chicken shitty like that. Yeah, because like, right. yeah, I mean, I don't think they can really, uh, you know, with with being kayfabe Vince's guy. And Vince is now out retiring because of what of the allegations and things that have happened behind the scenes. I don't think they could. I don't think they can realistically now pull the trigger on Theory. I think they're going to have to fail a cash in with him now, just because he was Vince's guy. Look, I I still think it's pretty evident that WWE is is behind Theory because look, yeah, he got his ass kicked for a full hour. He's he was on for a full hour. He, he was still dominated a full hour of Monday Night Raw. So, yeah. you know, he was there. That happened. So I think they're still uh, fully behind him uh, 100%. Uh, real quick, before we dive into everything here, all I can say, by the way, is, uh, you know, we recorded this on Wednesday. This is dropping on Friday. We just spent 13 minutes talking about Seth Rollins. I really hope they don't announce a match before then. Uh, Got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests, events with the first market odds and lines. Get reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting to props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device. Join today. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That is B L E A V Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we did lose Tim there for a second, so hopefully uh, he will uh, drop back in here uh, momentarily. If I can figure out where I'm clicking, let me remove the name plates there. All right, so. Jeremy, while I still have you here, let's go ahead and dive into this bad boy. We got Logan Paul and The Miz. This is an official match that is going down. I don't know why. I don't know how. But WWE decided that the best course of action for this feud was to make Logan Paul the baby face and keep Miz the heel. And it hasn't really worked. The setup on the go-home episode of Raw was a total cluster. I mean, just a mess all around with the, the tiny balls and Maurice's purse and <laughs> everything. 
Tommaso Ciampa did a better job of setting that up on on Raw Talk with a 60-second promo than they did filling everything out with that whole 10-minute segment in the third hour yeah. of Raw on Monday. They should have just done the brawl to open the show, have Tommaso Ciampa cut that promo, done. I would be much more excited for this match. That said, Logan Paul was really, really good yeah. at WrestleMania. Yep. Had the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. As a heel, though, I don't know who the fans are going to want to cheer for in this match. How do you see it going down? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be hard. I think he's slowly starting to turn some people just because he is performing well and doing well on promos. He did obviously well in the ring at WrestleMania. And you're right. They could have done without that segment. They could have just had the brawl, and that was it. We would have been perfectly fine with it here. Uh, but you know, we got what we got, but at the same time, I think it's still going to be a very competitive match. And I, I, but I don't see Logan Paul losing, especially after he signed a contract. He's going to be in it for the long haul. I think Miz is going to go over. I really don't know what their plan is to try to get people to change to like Logan Paul. He is just not a likable guy. So no, he's it, not. Is, it is a very impossible task. They should have really did the build to make Miz back to being a babyface. He knows how to be a babyface. He's succeeded at it. He's obviously better as a heel, but we all know he can do a good job as a babyface. They should have spent a lot more time trying to build that up. But weeks instead, ago. They were, instead, they were worried about throwing in their tiny balls lines. So when, uh, like, honestly, like right around the time that Miz and Mrs. launched, like that first season where they're, they're really leaning into family and his little kids yep. and going on dancing with the stars. That would have been the perfect time to kind of start getting the ball rolling on turning Miz babyface because I don't know how you could watch that match at WrestleMania where Logan Paul was such a prick and he gets up on the top rope and he's doing the Eddie Guerrero shoulder shake and the crowd is just nuclear heat raining down on this man and he's soaking it in and he's loving it. After they win, The Miz gives a skull-crushing finale to him, and they give The Miz a standing ovation. How do you watch that, Tim, and say, yeah, Logan Paul's our baby face in, in this view? Like, what the hell are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I, it could be a matter of Logan Paul. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds in terms of, like, oh, creative control. I, I don't want to be the villain. I'm trying to improve my public uh, persona. Although that goes completely in the face of everything that he's done outside of WWE. Like he is fully leaned into being an absolute jerk in order to sell boxing pay-per-views and every single other item under the sun that he can get his hands on and brand and merchandise and, and what have you. So you're right. It, it, it does feel unusual for him to be not set up as the villain here. Uh, there's always a chance that by the end of the match, I mean, the Miz is an absolute professional. He can get in there, you know, feel what the crowd is giving him, and and if he's giving given that leeway, I feel like he can kind of turn into it. Will he have that leeway and that leverage? I'm not really sure. Uh, does the dynamic with Logan Paul change uh, with Vince gone? My instinct says probably not. Um, I, this feels like something out of the Nikon playbook. I can't say for sure. Uh, so I don't necessarily even know if that dynamic could potentially change how Miz and Logan Paul are, are handled, but I, I don't know. I, I'm on, I'm on the same page as you guys. I, I'm not really sure why that's the direction they were going. I mean, if you compare it, you compare this feud to McAfee and Baron Corbin, there's a clear baby face and a clear heel. Oh, and there's yet. clearly a difference in build, the quality of build, the, the McAfee, Corbin build has probably been the best build on the card compared to this. It's muddy because, well, of course you got Vince having a vision and now you got to see if you can try to carry that out. Do, do you want to carry it out and, or do you want to kind of change gears, you know, going into SummerSlam? And I think the build really got screwed up because of that. Look, the, you, you can't even compare those two buildups because oh. one was, one was based in reality, right? Yeah. Off of, uh, an NFL journey and cheap plug here. I interviewed happy Corbin 
great dude. Love chatting with him about food and football and all that stuff. And ragging about his Chiefs because my Bengals beat him in the AFC title game. So it was a great interview. <laughs> Check it out here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling uh, podcast YouTube channel here after you're done watching the show, of course. Um, but yeah, man, like that was based off of reality. Two former athletes with dreams of going to WWE at the same time. One turns into an all pro Hall of Fame level punter. The other one didn't even make it into his rookie season and got a head start. Like jealousy angle, Pat McAfee over as hell. Baron Corbin, most hated man in WWE. The other one built on testicle jokes. Like mm -hmm. it, the, the, the bill, you can't compare them. That said, I am interested in, uh, because I think they've kind of botched the storyline here, I'm interested in what Logan Paul does in the ring because they yeah. didn't ask him to do too much at WrestleMania. A mm. couple of suplexes, jumped off the top rope. He really sold the crowd with his facial expressions and his body movement more than his in-ring work. He sold well, so mm. but they didn't ask him to do much. I'm, I'm wondering how much they ask him to do here in a one-on-one -on -one match with The Miz. I do think Logan Paul gets the win. Tim, who's winning this one? Yeah, uh, I feel like outside of his two world title reigns and, and maybe a few stretches with his secondary titles, I feel like The Miz is just destined to lose the majority of his matches just because he's Teflon at this point. Uh, a loss to pretty much anybody on the roster or not on the roster isn't going to hurt him. And uh, uh, to your point uh, before, Jeremy, I don't think Logan Paul is going anywhere uh, with his long-term contract. Uh, and uh, a loss here kind of derails whatever momentum, if you want to even call it momentum, uh, you have with a character like that. Although I, I think it, it's pretty clear that the finish to this one, regardless, is, is not going to be uh, clean, for sure. Yeah, like the only way I see Miz winning this is if Maurice kicks Logan Paul in the balls, right? Like that's <laughs> that that might be the that might be the finish. Honestly, I might change my pick. Uh, Jeremy, where are you going? Man, the, the the balls of this match are just insane. Uh, no, Logan Paul has to win this one. Uh, just like Tim said, Miz is Teflon. He is going to be fine uh, with whoever he loses to. He's able to bounce back, be himself, has Miz TV, has that uh, weekly, you know, on the mic, cut a promo, everything. He, he has it win or lose. So uh, he could definitely lose this match. Um, like I said, uh, maybe uh, maybe Triple H realizes that they should have done this face turn with Miz sooner. Maybe this doesn't end at SummerSlam. Maybe this goes to Clash at the Castle. Uh, but you, you got a you, you have a you're not going to have a Nashville crowd at SummerSlam. You're going to have a nationwide and in some cases worldwide crowd that yeah. is going to boo uh, is going to boo Paul. So I uh, cheer the Miz. So uh, you got to be prepared for that. And uh, and and figure it out from and Triple H. I, I, you know, I I don't uh, I don't doubt that he was going to figure it out. And and Miz is a total pro. I think Miz will yeah. work with it, and he'll he'll direct Logan uh, where to go. But uh, oh, the match I think itself is going to be good. I think I, it, I, I think it has the makings to be one of those surprise matches that people are not expecting. Maybe they didn't pay attention at, at WrestleMania or something. You know, mm -hmm. I think this might be a surprise good match for people. All right, since you brought it up, let's jump around here. I had this one slated later, but let's go ahead and talk about it now. We got uh, the fedora-wearing D-bag that everybody loves to hate in uh, Baron Happy Corbin and arguably the most overman in all of WWE, which is both a good thing and a bad thing considering he's an announcer by trade uh, in WWE. But regardless, Pat McAfee is awesome. He's when get it, it right. Out. Get it right. It's bomb ass Corbin. Excuse me. Bomb ass Corbin. Um, <laughs> you know, Miz, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Pat McAfee, just looking at his career, he's relatively inexperienced as far as wrestling is concerned, but he has had three legitimate matches and one that will let's just forget mm. about. But he's had three legitimate matches on three major stages, and he has absolutely delivered every time. His record is one and three. Tim, I'm going to say Corbin, Baron Corbin's made a career out of losing. All right. You talk about Miz losing a lot. Corbin loses a lot too. Do, do they feed him to the beast that is Pat McAfee here? Uh, I, I feel like the environment is right for that sort of thing. Honestly, of all the matches on this card uh, with maybe one exception, this might be the toughest one for me to call. Cause I think you can make it make sense in, in either direction. Um, my gut does say Pat McAfee just because I feel like there's going to be 
some shenanigans and nonsense in so many other matches that, I mean, unless Pat uses it to do that because he's the sort of quote unquote baby face who could get away with a lot of sort of uh, sideways or underhanded stuff, especially against uh, a Corbin. Uh, so my, my gut says uh, McAfee, and, and I do think that it's going to be uh, a very good match. Uh, I feel like uh, there are a couple of guys on the roster right now, um, uh, Corbin uh, and Damian Priest in particular, who when they're put into uh, a certain kind of match, uh, no matter what style or type of opponent they have, they can turn around and have like a, a very exciting match, even though uh, it could be a different match every time out. Yeah, I think Corbin is uh, a highly underrated worker. He's going to take care of Pat McAfee here. He's going to keep him safe, but he's going to make everything look like it hurts uh, to the nth degree. He's one of the better performers in WWE, even though a lot of people don't want to admit that there, Jeremy. I've been a fan of Corbin since NXT. I've always uh, I've always liked his style and uh, uh, all throughout. He's the best heel on the roster. I'll tell you and what. He's a good dude, too, which is really yeah. weird. Like, I don't know why he's so hateable in public. Like, you talk to the guy one-on-one, and he's just. Which is weird because the lone wolf gimmick was over in NXT with the NXT universe. And that was an over gimmick. But then, uh, you know, ever since they put him in with the uh, corporation, you know, that's where. It just stuck, and, and they just always boot him. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I'm a big fan of McAfee. Uh, I watch his show every day. And, uh, you know, I know that he's been working at this for several years, though people may not know it. He's been working at this for several years. That's why he looks so smooth in the ring against Adam Cole. That's why he looked like he was at home at War Games. Uh, and, and then at the big stage of WrestleMania, where he also put in yet another good performance. He has yet to put in a bad performance. And uh, he has, him and Corbin have made this probably the best built feud of the second biggest pay-per-view on the WWE calendar. And that's saying something to the fact that he had also had a great feud with Theory leading up to WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, My gut feeling, and I hope to God they, they come through with this, but... My gut feeling is that Survivor Series, we get Team McAfee against Team Graves, and Corey Graves gets back into the ring. And in order to do that, McAfee has to win this now. And, man, it would be great to see uh, Graves on commentary and then maybe sowing some of those seats because I think a a team led by McAfee of SmackDown guys against a team led by Graves of Raw guys would be just tremendous for Survivor Series. And uh, so that's going to, I think, you know, it'd be great to have that. And so I'm going to go with McAfee here. Plus, you said it yourself, Corbin can lose. Um, yeah. Just like Miz, this is not going to hurt him. He, you could eat, there's many times you've, just like Miz, there's many times you've hit the reset button on Corbin. So um, it, I, I think McAfee, I, I have, there was no doubt in my mind that McAfee's going to win this. I say this as, you know, an announcer, like, in a bubble, I think Corbin should win this because he's the full-time competitor, and honestly, he he needs a win because he loses so damn often, and he is so damn good. Like the guy should be building himself up towards championships. Like there is that. Uh, there's a lot of me that eventually wants to see this man as the most hated, dominant heel in WWE. It hasn't happened to this point a decade into his career. He wants to wrestle 10 more years, so we, we got some time to get there. <laughs> I do think Pat McAfee is going to win this um, just just for the sheer fact of the electricity that is going to be in Nissan Stadium that day. Yeah. I mean, I, the when I tell you that the the you could see the electricity through the hairs on your arms when he was making his entrance in Dallas to Seven Nation Army and the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were coming down there and he's soaking it in and he punts the ball into the crowd. <laughs> The match could have sucked after that, but it wouldn't have mattered because you remember that entrance and you remember what it was what it felt like. And then he gets the three count and it was all over again. I think we're going to yeah. relive that. Well, how about the energy of the crowd? Uh, how about the energy of the crowd when last uh, last Friday when Corbin attacked him and then he chases him back into Gorilla and he came back out to cut that promo and that crowd was just insane. And you don't see that a lot in WWE crowds, but uh going back to the whole vince thing and relinquishing his powers you can see it on friday and you can see it on monday 
the WWE superstars are much looser because I don't think there's such a tight rein on promos. Yes. They don't have to worry about step-by-step -step anymore and memorizing things. You can see a looseness there. And Pat McAfee always had that leash. Vince gave him that leash and not many people. So he he's kind of uh, already had that leash of uh, uh, being loose. But man, that energy, just the energy last Friday, uh, in addition to WrestleMania, it's just it's just something that he's got it, and it, it, it's it, it's great to see that people are buying into it. Hundred agree, hundred percent agree with that assessment. That's like the biggest thing that I could tell because these are still Vince's last two shows, Raw and SmackDown. At least the scripts were. I think you could tell that it wasn't ripped up last minute and rewritten uh, right. as the show was still going on. There's I a think, flow. <laughs> yeah, there was a flow, but I agree with you. Like. You could just tell the performers there was like a weight that was lifted off their shoulders. Like it was just it was a more fun, easy, loose atmosphere from Xavier Woods, you know, dropping New Japan <laughs> and Ring of Honor and saying F it on the King of the Ring on commentary. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know, no one's here. And yeah. And and Paul Heyman going, All right, sound guy, you're the next one who's out of here. Remember, you know? remember the two biggest superstars in WWE history, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Who are they? They are amplified versions of themselves that were not scripted. They were let loose and they yeah. were themselves. And that was what succeeded in WWE. And somewhere along the way, Vince forgot about that. So hopefully we get to back to manage everything. That's just along the way, he lost trust in a lot of it you can tell the performers that he trusted and the ones that uh, that he didn't for sure all right if there is a group that is in dire need of of solid creative footing uh it is judgment day they have been all over the map uh they lost this past monday on raw in a bubble i get it because it's ray mysterio's 20th anniversary all right fine give him a win it wasn't clean so now we're doing this no dq match rhea ripley is back we still haven't seen Edge yet, Tim. Uh, how do you see this one uh, playing down, playing out on Saturday? You know, I feel like we're at a, a point in time where Dominic has to get out of Ray's shadow, and we might have been there for a fair amount of time. But I feel like the the little miniature uh, tease of, of Dominic to Judgment into Judgment Day, indoctrinated, brought into the fold. Something about that intrigued me. And I, I feel like maybe people wouldn't buy into it. Like maybe he doesn't exactly match the vibe of a, a priest or a baller or a Ripley or or an edge for that matter. But I feel like something has to change because we've we've gone through a lot. I mean, obviously the the last two years of Dominic's career, we saw them have success as a tag team. Um but if he is going to have success independent of his dad i feel like we're kind of reaching a point where you can organically make that happen and and maybe that's an opportunity uh on this show and and i feel like uh both in terms of, of getting the win back and then what we saw after the match with with rhea ripley uh there might be some more interesting pieces to the puzzle uh to come with judgment day she manhandled dom <laughs> Man, hell, Dom and Aaliyah, mm -hmm. and then oh, man. and then Buddy sent out the the tweet of the year. Oh, that! Was... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I tell you what. If anybody is going to get their ship righted due to Triple H taking over, it's Judgment Day because these are Triple H's people: Rhea yes. Ripley, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Those are those are Triple H's people. I don't really want Dominic in this group. I think. Dominic getting a run with the NXT championship would be something that would be best for him. I think you put him in the main card up there, that NXT universe is going to love it and he's going to get big pops and he could succeed there. I think that's probably the best place for him. He doesn't fit in judgment day. So I don't really want him there. Hell, I thought Ray was going to join judgment day. He had purple on. Yeah. Different shade. Call back to 97 <laughs> Halloween. Havoc. Come on. Yeah. Um, um I don't know why they had the tag match, though. I mean, I guess I could see why with the race celebration. And obviously, I see why they won. But um, I, I was actually thinking that they were going to take out Dominic and then Edge would team up with Ray. To, uh, but he didn't show up. So I don't I, know. I, what... I think might have been travel issues. Uh, I know oh, Sean, yeah. Okay. I think Sean Rossap uh, reported uh, that there were flight cancellations or changes in, in travel plans uh, so that might have had something to, something to do with it they could always do that they could always Kofi Dominic before this match starts mm -hmm. 
Yep. Uh, and then Edge can make his his triumphant return on the SummerSlam stage. In which case, I don't know if I like that so much because Judgment Day needs to win this damn match. They need yeah. to come out on top, and they need to come out on top in the Edge feud. You can't sit here and say, oh, the weak link was Edge, so we're taking you out because it's all about you. That's all you ever cared about. And yeah. then immediately lose to Edge upon his return. They need to come out on top of this. So yeah. if they decide to you know, have this match as is, Judgment Day wins. Maybe Rhea Ripley gets involved, and that's how that happens. And then they're beating down the Mysterios. And then Edge can make his return, and we can lead to Finn Balor and Edge at Clash of the Castle. I yeah. think that give Balor that big UK match, in which he should win. By the way, well, yeah, I said I said on previous shows, Judgment Day should go undefeated the rest of the year. Maybe Triple H treats this group as his undisputed era. Possibly now, they definitely seem to have a new infusion of life when Rhea Ripley came back. Oh, yeah. When she left, they weren't even on TV the next week. Like they're you on main tell. event. They're on main yeah. event. I was there. I was in attendance for that that whole thing that blew up Twitter that day. Apparently, that didn't even air on main event that tag match. Wow. Yeah, well, because they aired it on Raw the the following week. They just went ahead and did that. Yeah, so. They just redid it. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless, I think Judgment Day should, and I do think they will win. You guys, Judgment Day or Mysterios here? Judgment Day. Yep. All right. How about the? Uh, Tag team match for all the gold probably should be the final time that these two meet, at least for a long ass time. And I think it is now or never for the Street Profits. They have been heavily teasing the fact that these guys are going to be split. They have, there have been reports and rumors that these guys are going to split. But I think everything kind of changes here uh, with, with, with Triple H here, what his vision is. I think there is going to be a bigger focus on the tag team division with Triple H in charge. And if that's the case, I think you kind of need the Street Profits together for just a little bit. And by the way, you don't have to break up the two if you want to push Montez Ford. He can still win the Intercontinental or United States Championship or whatever the hell you want to do. And still tag with Angelo Dawkins. That is a possibility. Like, I wish they would go back to that. I remember a day when the New Age Outlaws had singles titles all their own, and they were still a tag team. Same with yep. the Hardys. Like, <clears throat> it has been done before. Um, I do feel like it's now or never for the Street Profits, though. And I feel like you got to start chipping away at that, you know, impenetrable shell uh that is the, the the bloodline like if this is if this is ghostbusters 2 the the street profits here have to be the statue of liberty right like that has to be able to break through and i love that analogy i just pulled out of my butt i'm going with the street profits here i think they are going to get it done and they're going to take the belts off of the usos here and again you start chipping away here just a little bit kind of put a, a crack in the armor of roman reigns you know rain on top of the entire world that is wwe here that might lead to some family tension and maybe a big family matchup at wrestlemania if they can pull it off so i'm going with the street profits here tim how you see this one shaking down well uh i think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the street profits now or never seems about right um and i'd be more apt to to follow along those same lines that you're on except for the fact that if you put the crack in the armor of the bloodline in theory, you have somebody set up to knock Roman Reigns off, and, and you suggested maybe some sort of uh, family fighting, infighting, and a lead up to WrestleMania next year, and, and that's certainly a possibility. But I feel like one of the the big issues, and it's kind of how we ended up with uh, Roman versus Brock part like sixteen or, or whatever it is, uh, and not that I think it's that's going to be a bad match either, and we can get into that later. I feel like one of the biggest deficiencies WWE has had over the last couple of years, as great as Roman Reigns title reign has been, is just the lack of building up realistic challengers that can come in and eventually beat him for the title and benefit from it. And you want that ideally to be either a younger guy or, or somebody who, who has a lot of shelf life who could kind of make or break their career on such a moment. And, and I don't know exactly who that is for sure, but with a lack of that sort of person in position, or, or at least from my perspective, and, and obviously things can change pretty quickly uh, under Triple H's leadership, and, and maybe we do see the emergence of such a challenger, I feel like the bloodline is going to just continue to steamroll everybody. And I feel like, uh, with the exception of New Day, and, and obviously you mentioned some, some past examples, 
WWE just has this long history of, of breaking up tag teams when they want to focus on somebody uh, as a single competitor. And uh, honestly, uh, I've long been a fan of Montez Ford, like dating back to his uh, early NXT days. And I feel like he's kind of entering that prime moment in his career where it, it's time for him to take that next step, to take that leap. And I don't think you necessarily have to break up the Street Profits, but just hin- history indicates that that seems to be the path that they're most likely to go down. And, and that's why I think uh, the Usos are going to pull this one out and, uh, and retain. The only issue I see with that, Jeremy, as far as the Usos retaining is where do they go from here? Because if you look at the landscape of the tag team division, you have two babyface tag teams, and they're the ones that have been feuding with the Usos for the entire year. It's the New yeah. Day and it's the Street Profits. Yeah. Are we really expecting that the Sky Scraping, Dancing, Shanky, and Jinder Mahal are the next big babyface tag team that are going to face the Usos here? I no. feel like you leave the Usos in no man's land, which is why I think it might make sense to put it on a babyface team here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim, to your point real quick before I go back to Jeremy, I don't like the idea of the Street Profits like splitting up like physically. If they're going to mm. do it, they should do it in the draft. They should just draft them to separate brands. They can mm. give a bro hug and call it a day. Angelo can go do his thing. Montez can go do his thing if that's the direction they decide to go. Mm. I think for the betterment of the tag team division right now, Jeremy, they need to put them on the Street Profits. Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a team. <laughs> I, I think it's I th- actually, I, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, the way I felt after Monday, was that eventually the Mysterials will take it off of them. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I keep um, forgetting that they're technically baby faces, aren't because they? Because they have really not feuded with the Usos as much as the Street Profits have. The Street Profits have feuded and had chances with the Usos so many times where the Mysterios really haven't. I feel like the Mysterios could be built back up, and by the time we get to Survivor Series, that's when they finally take the titles off the Usos. Um, the... I, I think the test run of singles matches, not with Montez Ford, because we already know he's great. Yeah. But Angelo Dawkins has performed in singles matches as well recently. And I think that has impressed the WWE officials. I think they are going to split them. I think Montez Ford is going to be a heel and mm-hmm. turn on Angelo, to be honest with you at this point. At first, I thought maybe Angelo would be the heel. But now the more that I see, uh, uh, just watch the mannerisms of Montez Ford over the mm-hmm. past month. I feel like Montez Ford is going to turn on Angelo Dawkins, just like Shawn Michaels did to Marty Jannetty. Uh, so I think the Mysterios should be the ones to take it off the Usos while the Profits break up after SummerSlam. I really hope that that happens. Angelo Dawkins doesn't turn into Marty Jannetty. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I think he's got a little more, a uh, little more uh, talent than Jannetty. So I think, and, and I, like I said, he has proven it in some singles matches this past month that he can stand on his own too. Uh, and, you know, just to put a button on, you know, Montez Ford and, and his future as a single superstar, just looking at the way WWE operates, uh, if you don't think there's going to be a major event that ends with Bianca and Montez Ford holding up world titles at the same time to end a show at some point yeah. in the next few years, I feel like you haven't been paying attention, so I, I feel yeah. I feel like that's inevitable. Yeah, and they're more and they're more receptive to that spotlight than Becky and Seth were. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Although I would say the characters of Becky and Seth now would oh, yeah. way yeah. more together. They than just they don't want to work. They, they just don't want to do it. That's they just yeah. don't want to do it. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the the real life people obviously have chemistry with one another, but their characters were oil and water the last yeah. time they tried to put them together. It'd be great to put them together now. I agree. But now I just they're don't both think it... drip king and queen. They're both yeah. old, like over the top. Like, I don't mean over. I mean, they're both way over on everything that they do so it's like yeah they they would mesh so much more together now but i agree with you if you're not booking bianca belair and montez ford as a massive power couple somewhere down the line you have just completely and utterly uh missed the boat on that oh and and also we we failed to mention although i did briefly say before uh jeff jarrett uh i don't know what kind of role he's going to have in this match uh, as a special guest referee but i don't think he's going to be in there for no reason whatsoever. So, I mean, you I'm, mean to tell me he's not going to call this one right down the middle or is that what you're telling me? I mean, I, I'm just I, saying history points to Jeff Jarrett, maybe trying to make this match about himself. After, after, the, 
or after the loss, uh, Jeff hands Montez the guitar, nods his head, and Tez <laughs> just rocks Angelo with the guitar. No, actually, I I was kind of hoping that like you know we we'd see Dawkins just kind of hand Jeff Jarrett an envelope, and then he turns his head the other way as they smash one of the Usos with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> they pin him like that's how I would want that. I know that's not like a baby face like thing to do. But screw it. It would be hilarious if that happened. There's also the option that Sami Zayn gets involved in this one as well, the honorary ooze. So there's a lot of wild cards uh, at play uh, in this match. Um, this one's interesting. Uh, it feels like the build to this match has been non-existent because Austin Theory hasn't really been feuding with Bobby Lashley, which makes me wonder why they gave him this rematch yeah. in the first damn place. But he has promised to walk out. With all the gold, all three titles uh, this Saturday, Tim, do you see that happening, at least starting with the United States Championship? Uh, in a word, no. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and this isn't a shot of theory, but you're right. This is kind of backwards. Uh, historically, in these types of situations, you'd see somebody like Theory walking in as champion, lose the belt, and then come back at the end of the show. Uh and, and potentially win or, or even cash in and lose and just have a disastrous night uh, a la Corbin. Uh, but I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. There's a couple different ways I think this match could go. I think all of them result in Bobby Lashley still holding on to the U.S. championship. I feel like that title is a good fit for where Lashley is right now. I think he, he's doing pretty well with it. I, I feel like he's in a very comfortable moment in his career. And I don't mean comfortable like, Oh, just like baseline stasis, what have you. I mean, I feel like he's really, he, he came into his own, obviously during his world title reigns and, and that sort of thing. But I feel like he can take that title and, and make it feel more important than it's been. Uh, where, whereas I feel like to your point, theory has very much been entwined with reigns and Lesnar and the Usos and, and all of that mess, especially in the last couple of weeks. Um, my gut is that Lashley wins and, potentially Lashley wins in such a way to make theory unable to do something or appear to be unable to do something later in the night to at least, you know, add a bit more mystery to, to what happens in the main event. Yeah. And I mean, typically before cat, like they are definitely booking theory the way that they typically do the money in the bank winners where they will just beat them down. I mean, other than the women who don't get to hold on to it for more than like eight minutes. Um, but, he's, well, he's 0 six since winning the, the, the briefcase, right? Never forget like the same night that Rollins cashed in and shocked the world. He lost to Randy Orton in the, the opener of the night. So, I mean, they always, yeah, the greatest RKO sec, maybe the second greatest RKO, RKO of all time uh, to Evan Bourne. But it's like, you know, you, they just beat these dudes down. I think Lashley's going to kick the ever-living shit uh, out of theory. I don't I, think I, this is going to be close. I think I Lashley know. just dominates him from bell to bell. I think this match is going to last him a minute at most. I, I think they're going to play uh, the fact that theory has overlooked Lashley by focusing on Reigns and Lesnar, and he's going to get speared within the first minute and lose. Again, I think there's going to be a deep push of theory, and he's going. They're going to push. They're going to step away from him a little while and then repackage him. Uh, to not be Vince's protege, things like that. I, I just honestly think they're going to de-push him and he's going to not cash in and he's going to lose this match. I just think he's going to lose all around on on Saturday. Now, uh, I'm curious, do you think there's a world in which um, they mess around with the, the briefcase, like a la uh, Kennedy back in the day, a la no. Damian Sandow? Do you, th do you think they could find a way to get the briefcase off of him and then <laughs> imagine you know, like, hey, yeah imagine seth challenging theory on smackdown <laughs> for the briefcase and, and he wins it and I then think, he... again and i'm not just saying this because i threw the idea out there in the universe before sammy made it canon I think the idea of a healthy Sami Zayn trying to get the briefcase off of Austin Theory to protect the bloodline and protect Roman Reigns does make some sense mm -hmm. and then they could do what they should have done in the first damn place yeah. is give Sami Zayn <laughs> the briefcase yeah. and he should have wanted he, he should have wanted anyways from yeah, exactly beginning. because mm -hmm. he and, and he should have been continuously treated like shit for months and months and months until he ultimately cashed in on the guy he would want it to protect mm -hmm. that's what made sense mm -hmm. yeah I think Vince panicked when Cody got hurt I think Cody was gonna win it I think Vince panicked I think he, it was I think it was Meltzer who said that they basically put it on theory so he could 
unsuccessfully cash in and just get rid of that much like they did with Brock winning the Royal rumble. Like they didn't want that being a hurdle that they had to clear nothing like treating your big matches. Like they matter than treating them like, Oh, a hurdle we have to clear to protect Roman reigns. Jesus. Thank God. (laughs) H is in charge at this point. Ah, all right. We got, (laughs) we got three big matches left. They are our world title matches. And I, uh, I, I know for a fact that this one match will have my heart beating from bell <laughs> bell because yeah. i am absolutely 100 percent worried here that Liv morgan may be going down the same path as nikki ash did last year she mm-hmm. has worked way too hard for way too long the crowd loves her they were thrilled that she finally got this i really hope this is more than just an at a girl title run here and, you know, we're not just going to sit here and do what we did last SummerSlam, where we have your your two top established stars walking out with all the gold. It should go the other way this time. I cannot shake this feeling that Ronda <laughs> Rousey is going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship well, on Saturday, me. and that's who I'm picking. I am rooting like hell for Liv Morgan, but I, man, I just, I, I don't know. I don't let know. Me, Triple H, book is the wild card. Let uh, me ease your mind, Rick. Let me ease your mind. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. I think Rhonda's taking time off because uh, you said that after Money in the Bank. <laughs> I did, I did, but I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know why they're doing the rematch, but uh, yeah, I think she's taking time off. I mean, she did not. She, she, she came back four months after having that baby. I think she oh. wants family time. Uh, obviously, I think I thought she should take time off after Money in the Bank, but obviously, you got to have the big star for the big show. So now maybe that's the where where she takes time off. I I I, I think Liv retains. So I want more than almost anybody except maybe you, Rick, to find a way that makes sense for Liv to retain. And I just in all of the permutations, I just struggle to find a way that between these two characters, these two wrestlers, there hasn't really been like uh a Liv Morgan move that is just like, oh, this is the move that she can use to beat Ronda Rousey. Like, there hasn't been that level of vulnerability to Ronda. Like, she's only ever lost in so- seemingly flukish or like Correct. F- flash yes. ways. Uh, and and maybe maybe that's how you do it. Maybe you have some crazy roll up, some sort of who hasn't appeared in a while. Up. Hmm. Well, to screw Ronda. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would imagine. I mean, I was to say, I would imagine Charlotte Flair is probably going to be in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, she might be just as busy as Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. That that might be a way to get out of it. But I, if that's the case, you would have to have Charlotte do a lot of damage post match to sort of fit into that. Uh, give Ronda some time off and away. Um, I'm sticking with it. She's going right. to get right, 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 right. My, 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 my heart says Liv Morgan, but my head ultimately says that that Ronda Rousey will win this match, and I'm not happy about it either. Yeah, and here's the thing, though: if Charlotte gets involved or there is some shenanigans, what does that do for Liv? Nothing, you know. It just, it plays up the storyline of she doesn't belong. The like the championship doesn't belong around her waist. Um, like I. That was the story they played with Nikki A.S.H. last year, and I was kind of into it thinking, okay, she'll prove it to herself and to everybody when she beats Charlotte at SummerSlam, and she'll have solidified that she deserves to be the Raw Women's Champion. Had a hell of a match at SummerSlam, and she freaking lost the belt. Now she's been chasing the 24-7 title, right? So how the mighty have fallen in a year's time. Um, It's Triple H is there now. Exactly, and that's the wild card here. But to Tim's point, Ronda Rousey has not cleanly lost in her entire WWE tenure. She was not pinned in the main event of WrestleMania 35, even though she was supposed to. uh, Charlotte really only beat her thanks to uh, a dumbass referee, you know, calling, didn't see her tapping out. And then, you know, ref in the corner, she eats the big boot. And I think she lost one other time, but I can't remember why that one was fluky. I, I honestly don't know, but I don't see live being the first person to cleanly beat ronda rousey i don't know how she does it unless they do another roll-up kind of situation and even though it it's still kind of a a fluky kind of loss 
regardless of how it's booked, I would much rather see Liv Morgan get out of there with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Then she can feud with Charlotte, who has always been her white whale in WWE upon Charlotte's return, because we don't need to see Charlotte and Ronda again uh, upon uh, upon Charlotte's return to WWE. Let's let's. Hey, what if Bay- what if Bailey shows up, man? And Bailey's a wild card as well. She could show up in this match, or she could show up uh, after this match. Uh, for instance, yeah. this one. Uh, is a match that I am hopefully thoroughly going to enjoy as long as it is longer than 26 seconds. Uh, but this one, this one comes with a couple of should be's, right? This should be the last time that these two square off for quite some time. And it should be Bianca Belair that comes out on top. Tim, does Bianca Belair come out on top? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I mean, there's just there's too much history. It's just too perfect a scenario to to turn around one year later after that twenty second twenty six second mess uh, and have uh, Bianca have her redemption to be clearly victorious over Becky and then to just sort of move on and and have the sort of uh, continued title reign that I feel like she she deserves to have, and I feel like she's been set up to have. Um, and and listen, you're probably not going to get a much bigger uh, Becky Lynch fan than me, and I don't necessarily know what direction she could go in after chasing the title, but I just feel like you could potentially be doing irreparable damage to Bianca Belair if she were to lose this match, especially if she were to lose this match uh, in a clean way. Man, as many times, like a couple weeks ago, they kept saying 26 seconds, 26 seconds, 26 seconds. It makes me think Bianca Belair is going to win in 25. <laughs> it just, just so they could have that narrative. That, that's that's the way I've been feeling the whole time. Look, that this. doesn't need to happen, right? No, like she already really. got her revenge for that. Mm. She, she beat her at WrestleMania, and they did yeah. an excellent job of making you think like they were going to do that booking again and fooled the entire arena out of their shoes, myself included, in the freaking press box, okay? Like, heart palpitations when that three count was going on there. So uh, they don't need to do that, and Bianca Belair deserves better than to have back-to-back 20-second matches at SummerSlam. I don't care if she's coming out on top or not. So let's just assume they're going to do an actual, an actual match here. It's a uh, shades of uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Sheamus at WrestleMania for the United States Championship. But you know anyway. what? I can't feel bad for Daniel Bryan because at least he got to kiss AJ Lee. Uh, anyway. right, right, right. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just think it's that full circle, full circle moment to have the rematch at SummerSlam to where Bianca can't lose this. So I, I don't think she's going to. I don't think she is, but Becky has kind of gotten to that point. Where she's kind of like Charlotte, I I'm not gonna be shocked if and when she ever wins a title at this point because she's just reached that upper echelon. And mm. and look, Becky, I feel like I don't know this for sure, right? But Becky seems to be more like a, a Triple H girl than Bianca does. Like <laughs> you know, you have the four horsewomen of NXT. Like I feel like Triple H, those are his girls. Right. I feel like he had a chance to put the belt on Bianca a lot. Never did in NXT. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I'm just spitballing here. Um, But look, it, it should be Bianca. Bianca should then move on to face Rhea Ripley at Clash of the Castle. That should be the direction they go. That's what they were supposed to do at Money in the Bank before she got hurt. And I wouldn't mind if Rhea Ripley is the one that beat her for the title. I want to see those two throw down. Mm-hmm. And then you can revisit Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss because that's a feud that I really would like to see revisited because as good as it was in 2016 and 17 and revisited a little bit in 18, I think both of those women are so much better now than they were back then. I want to see them go at it uh, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Lastly, our main event, for the love of God, hopefully for the last time ever, Roman Reigns defends the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship of the World against Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. Let's assume Austin Theory doesn't get involved here unless you honestly think that's going to happen, Tim. Uh, how do you see this one's going to shake out? Uh, if it's if it's not Roman Reigns, then I feel like we're just kind of in the twilight zone and we're never going to escape. We're going <laughs> we're, we're to get five more of these matches uh, at every major show between now uh, and SummerSlam next year. I mean... 
Uh, there'll be a WrestleMania rematch and a rematch in Saudi Arabia and a rematch in Europe somewhere. And once in a lifetime, exactly twelve times in a lifetime. Um, <laughs> now, I, I think Rowan Reigns continues his his streak for any number of reasons, not limited to the fact that, uh, to your previous points, I, I don't think we see Brock Lesnar at least for a long time, uh, mm. if not for for good uh i just feel mm. like he is you know the epitome of uh of a vince guy uh, especially during this sort of second half of his career just sort of dropping in for major moments uh collecting his paycheck and and then going back to his farm in canada um i think roman reigns wins i think with this stipulation uh brock is going to face the entire artillery uh I think there's a scenario in which uh, Theory gets involved, but then gets sidelined himself and can't even cash in. I think the Usos get involved almost certainly. Sammy can get involved. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, Brock Lesnar is a guy who has not had any allies on the roster, so he naturally can just go one on a, a million and, and probably hold his own for a while, but eventually succumb to that sort of uh, numbers game. I think there would be poetry in Sammy getting involved here as opposed to the Usos match, uh, just for the simple fact that the one time that Sammy ever had a shot at winning the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar did him absolutely dirty and screwed him out of it. So you could kind of bring that whole angle full circle there. I don't know how many people would remember that, uh, although that was one of the best memes in the world where Brock just put his arms around Sammy and they're both looking off into the distance. Um, but it, it has to be Roman. Like, it has to be. It, it mm. There's nothing else I could say at this point. It has to be Roman. I think this match will probably go 10, 12 minutes, maybe shorter, uh, if depending on how much Brock wants to work. Mm -hmm. uh, and something major is going to have to keep him down if it's going to be that short. But uh, the WrestleMania match wasn't that long, surprisingly to me, um, mm -hmm. which ultimately is why I feel like it felt a little bit flat is because I wasn't expecting it to end so quickly. So this one might go a little bit longer, but it's got to be Roman. I, I don't think Brock's sticking around, Jeremy. Yeah, outside of a, the crazy Rollins theory, I think the uh, the original narrative set up was Drew getting the title off of Roman at Clash at the Castle. And I think if uh, they don't go with a complete swerve having Rollins get in there or something or somebody else just getting the title, I think we're getting, we're getting Roman and Drew at Clash at the Castle, and that's where Drew gets his title back. Um and uh, ends Roman's reign there, but I, I, I very confident that that Brock's not going to win this one. I would be absolutely stunned. Uh, real quick, as we wrap up, any kind of major spoiler surprises, predictions that uh, you guys might want to throw out there with that? You, you got to let, let's just say deep down, you got a hunch something might happen, but you're not going to fully guarantee it here. Because hmm. I'm thinking back to last year. You know, when wasn't it John Cena who showed up at SummerSlam at the end of SummerSlam last year? Or no, it was Brock who showed up after he beats uh, John Cena. So could we see something like that? A major return, an electrifying return, uh, maybe to set up a match a few months down the road, anything like that. Huh. I, I feel like this is going to just kind of be a show that with a couple of exceptions, just kind of closes the chapter of this current iteration of WWE, I feel like there's a couple of loose ends left to tie up. I think where you're going to see uh, the sort of craziness that I think we've come to expect from, you know, uh, major events in WWE is going to be that night after. I feel like we might have like a, a night after WrestleMania type night uh, following SummerSlam. Uh, I feel like if you're going to get a return of Gargano or if you're going to get a major character change or return, uh, a la uh, a Bailey, uh, you're going to see it on, on Monday night and, and you're going to kind of try to take the momentum of a, of a solid show that kind of puts a bow on some things. You write Brock Lesnar out of the story and what have you. And then you, you have a fresh start uh, on Monday night. That would be nice to get a, a, a raw after mania this year. Cause we sure as hell didn't get one uh, back, back in April. Uh, Jeremy, any, any bold predictions, sir? No, not not outside what I already said, but that somehow Seth Rollins gets into that world title picture and uh, really changes up the trajectory. Uh, maybe if Triple H, what he said was true, that uh, that he's going to shake some things up. 
I, I agree with Tim that I think a, a Bailey or a Gargano, those are going to be saved for Raw or SmackDown afterwards where they do reset because um, there's not really a place to really put them in right now. Uh, so that the, the, the big surprise would be throwing Rollins in that title match somehow and Rollins walking out as champion after SummerSlam. Though I don't believe it, I, though I, you know, I still think it's probably going to be Drew and Roman at Clash at the Castle. A lot has happened in the past two months. A lot has Every, everything's past- up in the air. It's so unpredictable at this point. And you know what? I kind of like it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love the fact that we're now sailing into uncharted waters and anything could happen at any moment because there's a new sheriff in town. Um, the only major return that I could realistically see happening is Bailey. But like you guys say, I don't know where she fits. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if like, Becky gets beat in 26 seconds and then she gets on the mic and demands another match and then Bailey shows up there. Like I, I don't, I just don't know. That would but be cool. It would, but again, I don't want Bianca to have back to back 20 second <laughs> matches at SummerSlam. I don't care if she's winning or not. Regardless, I think this is going to be a good show. WWE tends to deliver on the premium live events. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope moving forward the builds are as good as the premium live events. Tim, we appreciate your time uh, today. I know you 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 have some things that you'd like to tease and that are in the works right now, uh, but we can't really dive into that. So just kind of tell folks uh, where they can expect to hear the big announcements here coming soon. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, like you mentioned, uh, I have some some fun stuff that should be announced in in the next few weeks uh, that I'm very excited about. Uh, you can just kind of follow me uh, on Twitter. Uh, I think it's right there. Yeah, Tim Double Zero. Uh, and, and in general, uh, I don't have anything to plug in this very moment, although I will shout out my uh, my good friend, uh, Mark Raimondi. Uh, he put out a very good uh, piece on Ric Flair's last match, uh, and he's he's been doing a pretty good job with uh, coverage of the craziness uh, currently going on uh, at WWE. Uh, he's doing that, obviously, uh, for my uh, old employer, ESPN. It feels weird to shout out you know those little guys over at ESPN, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think uh it's it's awesome when uh wrestling stuff still gets done over there and and i'm you know just beyond being a, his friend I, I i am a big uh fan of the work that mark does uh when it's wrestling and, and obviously his his main uh stuff with uh, mma so I, I will drop that there all right sounds good jeremy you launched a twitch channel here recently didn't you on tiktok uh, TikTok. All right, TikTok, tell the folks where yes. they can find you. Uh, no, I don't dance, but uh, I I have I've had a TikTok forever, and I've not. Why used not? It. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have not used it. Or, well, I've used it, but not just to watch videos of basically dogs and cats. But uh, but now I've uploaded videos. I've started uploading videos. Wrestling takes. I've got two right now. I did a lengthy one with Vince and Triple H, but they're going to be a little shorter, like tonight's. All right, Wednesday nights. I dropped one on the Seth Rollins situation, which I talked about uh, the, with the news that broke today. So just uh, follow me on the TikTok at JB Huskers. Uh, gonna get that. Uh, gonna try to work a daily or every other day type of deal. Um, I'm gonna do a Pat McAfee one coming up here pretty soon as well. Very good, uh, guys. We appreciate you uh, tuning in. Make sure to hammer that thumbs up. Make sure to hammer the subscribe button. Uh, closing in on uh, 400 subscribers, which is uh, great considering we just launched this channel in January. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Got a lot of good stuff up right now. Check out my interview with Happy Corbin. Check out my interview with Athena. Check out my interview with Renee Paquette. And while you guys are watching this right now on a Friday morning, I am at the SummerSlam uh, press junket getting more interviews to throw up on this channel. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Turn the notifications on. We got tons and tons and tons of good stuff coming your way. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate everybody who was watching. This has been a special edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.